This is the Job City Podcast. Welcome, everyone. For those of you who are new to Job City, we specialize in nearshore staff augmentation for software development teams, providing our clients full-time, dedicated developers from Latin America that work remotely, yet alongside our clients' teams in real time, meaning there are no annoying time zone headaches. In each podcast, we will be sharing with you interesting episodes about technology, remote work, software development, industry updates, and more. We will have interviews and conversations with our developers, our management team, and also external guests, including our clients and other relevant professionals from the industry. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's start. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Job City Podcast. In this episode, we will have a conversation with two of our very own QA engineers, Eddie and Natalie. Welcome, you two. Hey, Jenna. Hi, Jenna. Thanks for having us here today. Um, we are excited to start this conversation about QA and giving there it's a lot to talk about. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, let's get started. Why don't we start by giving the audience a short explanation of what QA is, what quality assurance is, and the importance of it? Sure. So QA is the procedure to ensure the quality of software products or services provided to the customers by an organization. The goal is to improve the software development process and make it efficient and effective. Exactly. Uh, for me, the importance of QA is that you want to deliver to your client a good quality product. In our case, the, the software, I think QA plays a crucial role on that effort. And this is the early identification of bugs, uh, software failures, and coordinate with the developer team the resolution of these failures. Excellent. Well, now that we know a little bit more about the importance, Natalie, can you explain to us a little bit about the different types of QA? For sure. There are a wide range of QA tests that need to be carried out during the software development life cycle. And we likely involve a mix of automated and manual testing. Automated testing can save money and time, especially on large projects that involve many repetitive procedures. This is especially useful for things like regression testing, making sure that changes or updates to the software haven't affected the functionality of existing features. Specialist automation QA engineers will need strong coding skills to build an effective testing framework that fits the project's specific requirements. And also, there are manual QA engineers that will typically uh, focus more on execution than planning. So more time-consuming and prone to human error, uh, manual testing increases uh, flexibility and allows for a real-life assessment of the product. Uh, I think an important Part of the skill set of a senior QA engineer is knowing which balance of automated and manual testing is right for a specific project. And once you have a testing method that you think is robust, uh, you can 
start testing that way. Okay. Well, for sure. It sounds like everything that you guys are mentioning is something that companies can take into consideration uh, for their projects and to understand the importance of QA engineering. I'd like to talk to you now about your daily processes. Can you tell us about how you organize yourself? Great question, Jenna. On my end, my daily processes are create, update, and execute test cases. Also, I verify uh, bug fixes when the developer puts a ticket on verified status. Also, as part of each sprint, we run regression and acceptance tests in order to ensure the software is uh, having good quality. Well, for me, it's the same as Eddie, but my engineering team is divided by the squads. I'm in share for the UI part, so every morning I choose the ticket that I need to work on the day. Then I promote those to the test environment, do the planning, start testing, and when the ticket is done, I promote it to prod. I always run the automatic mode suite after each deployment. Thanks. Yeah, it sounds like processes are super important with QA. We've talked about the importance, we've talked about the different types, as well as the processes now. I'd like to learn more about the tools. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about the different tools that you'd recommend um, and that you think are worth trying out by other QA engineers? Sure. Uh, so the main tool I use on a daily basis are, for example, Jira for manage stories, create bug reports. Also, we have TestRail, which is a test management tool. Uh, we create new test cases there and then execute them and pass or fail that once. And for the automated test, we use Robot Framework, which is written in Python. And for the deployment, uh, we use Jenkins. I remember also a test case management tool that I use is TestLink. It's an open source uh, tool. And we use this tool in an internal project here at JobCity. In my case, I use Jira for the project reporting, Cephyr for the test cases, CircleCI for the deployment, Robot Framework for the automation, Slack for the communication with my team. That's great, guys. Thank you. I found it very valuable and useful, all this information that you've been sharing with me. Uh, I'd like to ask you both if you can give some advice to every QA team or project manager about how to improve their processes. Sure. So to start, the QA should be involved in the project since the beginning of it. Integrating QA engineers in the early stages of software development will ensure we fully understand the business objectives and requirements, the software design and the target and user information that will help when it comes to building a quality test plan. This knowledge can be used through the development process to try and prevent bugs rather than just fixing them. Exactly. You should focus on stay active. Uh, under the Agile methodology, uh, the software is being developed and tested simultaneously. So QA should be able to give their feedback on early stages to the developers. And this should mean that any bugs or 
deficiencies are quickly identified and we know for sure that this can save a, a lot of money. Okay, yes, very interesting. It's definitely cost efficient to have good QA in place. Let's keep going. Are there other recommendations you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. Um, one more thing I think is very relevant is to keep an open mind. So a good QA engineer will remain curious uh, when he's testing software, uh, prepared to take the cold edge case so on predictable terms and stay open to the unexpected. I think it's important also if we can do a scenario testing based on predicting sometimes the behavior of end users. So our solution will need to have defensive code for certain actions. So I give you an example. What happens if the user click a million times the sign-in button? So I remember in my experience in one system I test, when a user do that, the sign-in page uh, crashes. So I think it's an edge case, but it may happen sometime. So as a QA engineer, I think you should maintain a user-centered focus, getting into the mind of the target audience and where the user experience could be improved. I remember I read on a book um, that uh, we as QAs are like some kind of light in the process. So if we saw that something is not going right on the good manner, we need to raise our hand and say, hey, this may affect the whole system. Yes, Eddie, you are totally right. Being always curious and putting ourselves on the shoes of the users is a must. I want to talk a little bit about reports. Properly documenting and reporting a bug is just as important as finding it in the first place. The better the bug report, the greater chance of a quick and reliable fix. Ideally, you want to give developers clear and succinct information about the problem so they can reproduce it and start fixing it without having to come back to you with further questions. I agree with Natalie. Uh, providing good report is key. A good report should answer the following questions in a simple and accessible format. So, where does the problem occur? What is it exactly? How can it be reproduced? What is causing it? So, I recommend you to try it. I think it will make your team job easier and yours too. Thank you. I think we have a lot of really valuable and important information to take into consideration. Obviously, there is a lot to approach and talk about when it comes to QA, but we can save that for a conversation on another episode. I want to thank Eddie and Natalie for taking the time to be with us here today. It was a great conversation. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Jenna. It is always a pleasure. And thank you to our listeners for staying tuned. I also want to invite you all to follow our blog. We post good content about industry topics and more. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Job City Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please visit our website, www.jobcity.com. That's www.jobcity.com.
www.thepeakpod.com and subscribe to our blog. Also, please follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more great content created just for you. Thank you.